Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare to tumble into the Paleolithic pits of terror as we unleash two of history's stalagmitiest warriors. In this corner, passing through time like dust in the wind, monsters! But you'd better watch out, for the challenger knows what scares you. Are you afraid of the dark? Let the geological record show that this is Put Up Your Spooks! This week's theme... Evil Statues. Well, Jeff, it's a sad and solemn occasion. It is indeed. It's, it's a farewell to a friend. Nay, icon. Our very last episode with... Dr. Vink. Dr. Fink? Vink with a verb. And what a long, strange trip it's been. But before we get into that, perhaps we should do the rundown on your terrifying episode. So, this episode of Monsters, Rain Dance, is, uh... A pretty good match for evil statues and we'll see what else it brings to bear we start with a shot of a parched desert and then we see Vanessa a uh, sultry blonde and when her man Tom comes home he finds her packed and ready to leave they are suffering through a terrible drought and she saw a lizard and he is not paying attention to her needs. Tom is a con man who sells fake antiques, but he has actually found the relics of a lost prehistoric tribe, and he has exploited the local natives to haul out all their goodies for him. Why can't you do something respectable like Bill? Like Bill? Vanessa, he, he's, he's on trial for insider trading. He's a criminal. He's a white collar criminal. This is... Their fight is interrupted by a knock at the door. It's a hunched old woman with a raspy voice, and she has something for Tom. They unveil a statue of Masao, god of death. Masao is a horrifying fang demon draped in skulls that just happens to have the proportions of a little person, mm. but that is neither here nor there. So Tom plays hardball and agrees to buy it for 20 bucks. The old woman tells them that once her people danced for rain, but they paid a price. Death for life. That was Masao's bargain. Then the people got greedy, and a great drought destroyed them. Everywhere Masao walks, there is nothing left but stone and dust. I mean, guys, this lady is vinking to beat the band. Yeah, let, let me just tell you, this lady, tour de force. <laughs> Masao knows wherever Masao walks nothing remains but stone and dust Tom and Vanessa bone down to celebrate their newfound treasure and talk about going on vacation to some place where the economy is collapsing they are uh, great A heels so they hear things moving and breaking and they find one of the priceless masks shattered and Tom thinks they're being robbed. He grabs an ax and searches the place. Vanessa shows him that the mask is now disintegrating and Tom is furious because he thinks that the natives have ripped him off instead. Mm. 
he starts ranting that he's going to sue the entire Indian nation, uh, sue the government for allowing Indians to be in the country. Like, it's it's pretty shocking stuff. <laughs> Later that night, Vanessa wakes up to apply some moisturizer, and she kind of does a little drive-by insult on the statue of Masao. And uh, when she's looking in the mirror, she sees its head turn. But when she checks... Everything's going back to normal. It's just a creepy statue that just happens to have the proportions of a little person. It's, don't worry about it. She, you know, goes back to dabbing on her moisturizer. And when we see Masao begin to move, he's flexing his fingers. And he steps off his little skull throne. But now he is alive. He has a face full of yellow sharp teeth and bulging dead fish eyes he grabs her and she runs to wake up tom and this is great because you know she's being assaulted she's she's turning to dust and she's screaming and he's like go back to sleep (laughs) that was pretty funny at this point she realizes that She's in a bad way. She is rapidly desiccating. And then Masao hits her with a full-on ray of petrification and turns her to stone. I mean, I'd rapidly desiccate, too, if my boyfriend went on such an anti-native screed in my nethers. I don't think she had a problem with that, (laughs) provided it pays the bills. Uh, so Tom wakes up, he finds all of his relics turned to dust, and then all of a sudden he starts to grow a, a coating of dust, and unlike uh, Vanessa, who looked all like leathery and decrepit, he just looks like a mime. He just looks like someone threw flour on him. <laughs> yeah, it was like pancake white makeup, which was really funny. But then Masao uh, starts stalking after him, and, and Tom is just confused. He's like, Ugh. What's going on? You're you're a statue. You shouldn't be moving. He says he's going to leave, but it's a trick. Grab an axe. He grabs an axe. He goes after Masao, but Masao is too quick. Masao is, is ducking and dodging every swing of the axe. And pretty soon, Tom collapses. In the morning, the old woman returns, drops the $20 on the petrified Tom, and then the drought breaks at last the end so are are we to believe that they're suddenly going to be a lush oasis in this area that hasn't had rain in 30 years or whatever you know the 23 year drought that the old lady describes i don't think that was 23 years ago i think that was sometime like centuries ago yeah but it's unclear because this is like a lost civilization it's not a 23 year old civilization that disappeared. Right. And so her ancestors ran afoul of Masao and then were all turned to dust. How did she escape? How did she? How can she be related to people? Maybe she's a branch family <laughs> and she wasn't living in the lost city. I like that Masao turns things to stone and dust. Like he sucks the life out of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Turning stuff to dust is is a great move for, like, an entropic death god. Bringing the rain seems outside of his <laughs> jurisdiction. Like, stick to dryness. Th- that's your thing. Yeah. Not wetness. There'd have to be, like, a co-god, a statue of life. Or the god of the sky? So he brings, like, 
boiling sun and also rain. God of the sky should have been minus one point. Or if it's something like he's he's related to the sky god so that, yeah. you know, Masao takes out the trash with death and then the sky god can then refertilize the land with water. Hmm. You know, this is an audio medium and uh, we've talked about some of the effects on these monster episodes before, but uh, they really knocked it out of the park with Masao. It had a very Mortal Kombat vibe. Like, all of it. The music, the sound effects, the makeup, and the, the character design all, like, screamed Mortal Kombat. But this came out ten years before Mortal Kombat, the movie. As usual with Monsters, the effects team on point. Everyone else asleep at the wheel. How dare you? The, 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 these actors were we're hamming it up the show is so tired it's always two people in one room room. (laughs) that's what i love about it i hate the show (laughs) it's so good (laughs) they just they they just they just get right to it they do get right to it i'll give you that much but look it's not about monsters it's not about me it's about the esteemed dr vink Indeed it is, and loath am I to wander down the final road, but here we go. In the tale of the dangerous soup, the Midnight Society, Jeff's favorite scamps, are all talking about their fears. Betty Ann's afraid of addicts. I think Kristen is afraid of birds or something. Frank is telling the story, and he's like, you know the addict can't get you. You know birds can't hurt you, but I kind of take exception to that, because birds can definitely hurt you, especially if they're eagles or any other raptor. Harpy eagles, raptors. Even a, a, a tiny sparrow could hurt you if it flew into your head at high speed. And historically, there were probably giant birds that used to hunt us when Totes. we were little primates. And also, addicts can hurt you. There's exposed insulation up there. It can make you real itchy. Uh, Asbestos. Asbestos. uh, Spiders. You can fall through the floor. Right. Yeah, man. Oh, so dangerous. So valid fears. Valid fears being totally dismissed. And anyway, he gets to Tucker, and Tucker ain't afraid of nothing. Frank is like, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so he tells the story of the dangerous soup, which is really why we're all here. Uh, It starts off, it's kind of like a cold open, and there's a dude... Stuck in a big blue room with huge spinning fans and a filthy, disgusting chair. A panel opens in the wall, revealing a statue, and a very familiar voice says, It knows what scares you. (laughs) And a snake pops out, and then very quickly we dissolve to present day Nev Campbell who is the hostess at a very fancy restaurant called the Wild Boar. Ding. Vink factor number one. They love boars in the Vink household. A different waitress hands a bunch of customers some menus, but they're like, no need. We're just here for one thing only. And it's the soup, which is super popular, super popular. The dangerous soup, if you will. And it costs 100 bones a bowl. A clumsy busboy, this is important, a clumsy busboy knocks into the waitress and spills a bunch of knives on the floor. She throws a fit. She says, I'm not picking those up. I don't mess with knives. The end. So while everyone's distracted uh, trying to pick up the knives, the waitress tries to sneak a taste of soup. But Nev Campbell warns that she will get fired if she gets caught. The chef appears in the dining room to rapturous applause, and it is none other 
than Dr. Vink with a va va va. And he's disgusting and there's stains all over him and his wild hair is not protected behind a hairnet. And if I was him, I wouldn't show my face in the dining hall because it's a surefire way to get people out of your restaurant. Or a health code violation <laughs> or something. I mean, it does double duty because A, it, it gives you more Vink and you see the the applause and the, the adoration he's getting. But also it proves how good this yeah. soup must be if you could look at Dr. Vink and still drink the, the sloppy serving because oof, like I was just kind of uh, agog at how sloppy and stained <laughs> and and mildewed his his chef's outfit was extra sloppy and it looks like he'd just been like rubbing old cabbage and mustard on himself and when you That's look fake, at baby. like his his sweaters and his jackets and his suits they all have that same mustard cabbage patina and you know his beard and his breath and his teeth gotta smell like it. Goddamn Vink. Later on, the next day or days later, uh, Nev Campbell, whose character is named Nani, but I'm just calling her Nev Campbell because she's Nev Campbell. Anyways, she's going over the books and uh, a squirrely fellow, Reed, arrives looking for a job. Nev Campbell explains about Dr. Vink, and Reed questions whether he's a doctor or a cook, to which Dr. Vink appears and explains that, as coiffure is to haircutting, a chef is to a cook. To those sage enough to know, I am a chef. A cook feeds the stomach. A chef nourishes the soul. It should be also noted that uh, Reed is a large strapping fellow, and for a show about fear, you know, it's important that they establish this big guy who seems like he don't need anybody. Yeah, he don't take no Not guff. afraid of nothing. Uh, he immediately gives Dr. Vink lip, which, of course, secures him the job. So, of course, Dr. Vink gives Reed a taste of the dangerous soup. Let me have it. Let me have another taste. One taste. To educate the palate. Try to sneak another, and I guarantee you'll regret it. Reed does his work, and he never lets anyone help him. He only relies on himself. He's a real loner. I guess it's... I remembered it as a montage, but I guess it's just a close-up of one mouth eating soup. All green and green. Yeah, between the close-ups of old people eating green soup and Dr. Vink, this is like on par with uh, some of the Tales from the Crypt and uh, <laughs> Monsters episodes we've watched. And so time goes by in this fashion until all alone, he's about to sneak another taste of that soup. So Dr. Vink catches him, but Nev Campbell covers his butt. Just then, the knife-hating waitress comes in, screaming about being switched to a dishwasher. The problem is, she's a loudmouth, and the customers don't like her. Nev, Campbell, and Reed leave the kitchen, and he kind of chases her down to thank her for helping out, which he's not used to doing. He explains that he's always had to do things on his own, and he apologizes to her for being such a dick, which I thought was a pretty nice way to face at least one of his fears. Back in the kitchen, the loudmouth waitress is, like, banging on pots and pans, and Dr. Vink is like, whoa, 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 you misunderstand me. 
I, I wanted to show you something that only my choice employees get to see. So he leads her into an empty freezer and locks her in there. And it's the room, the blue fan room from the beginning. So the panel in the wall opens up. The crazy gargoyle statue appears in its sconce. Her fear being knives. She ends up in a pit in the pendulum situation with a big gigantic blade swinging back and forth over her. Dr. Vink goes to a little side sconce. <laughs> A little side cabinet, and he he's he's watching this juice trickle down into a little vial. Another fun little detail is that when the people are being fear-juiced, Dr. Vink peeks at them through a little slot in the freezer door. I don't know. It just tickles me. Nev Campbell and Reed hear the waitress screaming in fear, and they go and confront Vink. Reed, all tough guy style, is like, open the door right now. And Dr. Vink's like, no, no, are you mustn't. But then uh, the statue's done juicing the lady, so Vink finally goes, okay, whatever. It makes no never mind to me. Don't worry about it. And uh, they let the waitress out, but she's like in a total daze, and she kind of doesn't remember what happened, and she wanders away. So Reed demands an explanation, and Vink tells him all about the statue's history and purpose while they are walking past a gigantic severed pig's head. I don't, I don't know if that appeared earlier in the episode, but Vink point number two number tray i can't remember a lot of ink points in this episode when they did their first slow establishing shot of the kitchen and they showed all the bottles and pots and pans i was looking for a hand in a jar and i i was very disappointed when i didn't see one he's telling them that there was an ancient tribe that he came across in his travels and they had the secret of fear they had a statue that could extract fear from its victims, and when they drank it, they would have the victim's power, and it made them, like, super strong. And then I guess he built them out of the statue at some point and took it with him. When you taste my soup, you're tasting fear. And that's a taste you won't soon forget. And he, as he's telling them this, he's kind of waving the vial of fear juice around. And for the first time ever, I mean, I've seen this episode a billion times, I was like, oh, man. I wish somebody at some point in this episode would just drink that whole vial and become some kind of super hero. I thought, very nice. Um, I thought <laughs> Reed was going to do that at some point because later on when they're each struggling in their own separate ways, it, it there, there's almost like an organic moment where like Reed can access the vial and I thought he was going to drink it all to like face his fears or swallow his fears or 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 gain the power but it it never really comes back in any meaningful way not so much it, it, it's also a little bit of a slippery slope because like in a kid show you have to teach kids that like facing their fears is a good thing but if he had just drank the juice and gotten like a fear boost to face his fears he wouldn't have had to learn anything because the juice would have just done the work for him. But I still really wanted him to drink that fear juice and just hulk out. First of all, we need to create some cocktails to pair with our shows, and <laughs> fear juice would be one of them. <laughs> Secondly, one of our ratings in a lot of these shows is uh, Time to Kryptonite. Mm -hmm. And usually when they introduce something in the beginning, it pays off later, and it's usually very obvious, like usually in the first two minutes because it's a kid show. Uh -huh. And so the fact that the fear juice never really came into play, don't forget to mention that the fear juice is the base for the soup. The fear juice is the base for the soup, uh, and that is why he can charge $100 a bowl and be Dr. Fink and still have customers knocking down his door. 
in a in a darker show, Vink would use people up until they died, or he'd use them and then kill them and dispose of the bodies. Oh yeah, and put them in the soup because you could put anything in that goddamn soup. <laughs> That's right. As long as it's got fear juice in it. He just lets people quit. He apparently only wants or needs a couple doses from each person. Maybe you're right. Maybe you can only extract a dose. And, and I think that that's a fault with this statue because, you know, if, if you have a phobia, if you're like that girl who's afraid of addicts, you're just as afraid of addicts the first time as you are like the 100th time, right? Well, you know, maybe these questions will be answered later in the episode because, as we'll see, Reed thinks this entire story is hogwash. So Vink dares him to step into the box, step into the octagon. Uh, inside, the statue comes out, and Dr. Vink does seem to have some sort of psychic connection to the statue also, because Vink is narrating the fear scene. He's like, I see an uncle, a cruel man, blah, blah, blah. So he knows exactly what the statue is conjuring. And sure enough, a coffin appears in the room. And Reed's dead uncle comes back to life and, like, comes at him Bella Lugosi style. And he's getting some real nice strong fear juice out of Reed. But Reed is freaking out, so Nev Campbell opens the door prematurely. And the statue escapes. And Vink freaks the fuck out. <laughs> You've unleashed it! It grew stronger with each feeding! And now it's out! And then he becomes a super hero, and he's like, I must stop it! And he runs out of the restaurant, and Reed and Nev Campbell are like, we gotta call the cops! And Nev Campbell's like, and tell them, what, some, some fear demon is eating people's fears? And he's like, yeah, that's right, that's totally stupid, never mind. And uh, then the door slams shut, and they're like, oh god, it's back, or maybe it never left. And the lights all turn blue, uh, the statue starts chasing them around, it's appearing behind doors, it's conjuring snakes, it's blowing out the windows, it locks Nev Campbell in the freezer, and Reed is like, don't you worry, there's nothing in there that can get you. And she says, uh, you don't understand, it's, it's the room that scares me, she's a claustrophobic. And then the walls start closing in on her, which is actually a nice little touch and probably how I learned about claustrophobia. No, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 1. That's how I learned about claustrophobia. <laughs> and continuing on, Reed realizes that the only way to beat this statue is to face his fear. So he goes randomly to a different room and the coffin appears. His uncle comes out and is about to strangle him to death. But Reed goes like, I'm not afraid of you. You're nothing. You're shit. And then the uncle disappears. <laughs> And Reed goes into the freezer to comfort Nev Campbell. They, they go like, I don't think Dr. Vink's going to be able to serve any more soup. And it's like a, 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 like a goofy, happy kids show ending. But then the door slams too and Dr. Vink says, That's where you're wrong, my friend. It still knows what scares you. I plan on being in business a long, long time. <laughs> and the statue's back and the statue is back in its sconce and, and it's wonderful it's it's a it's a rare unhappy ending that you've been just jonesing for and it's it's horror that acts like horror yeah appropriate in our final vink episode so then back in the midnight society which really doesn't matter but Tucker still ain't scared of nothing, so Frank has this, like, box with a hole in it. He, and he goes, I dare you to reach inside the box. 
and then you Tucker, know, <laughs> you know he's doing the popcorn trick. One hundred percent. So, Tucker's about to reach in, but he chickens out because he's a scaredy cat, and then uh, runs away. And, and and Frank has the gom jabar, which is a, a needle of poison meant to kill animals, <laughs> and he holds it to his neck. Well, he is the group bully. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. So they go, well, what's in there? And Frank says, <laughs> exactly what Tucker's afraid of. Nothing. As much as I hate Frank because he obnoxiously bullies the other people in the group, he is the only one that brings us Dr. Vink stories. It's his character. Thereby, your hatred for Frank is as your love to Dr. Vink. Thereby, I submit to you that you love Frank. I mean, by the transitive property, I love Frank, lack of sleeves, and the Midnight Society. This was a very trippy episode because... Not only do you have a statue that creates illusions based on people's deepest fear, but you also have Vink who can interact or commune with the statue and he also sees what people fear. Or maybe he has just his own ghost science powers. I mean, he does have um, a lot of powers. But at a certain point, the door is opened and the statue flies out and puts up its spooks, goosebump style. And the characters go on their individual journeys and face their individual fears. They end up back in the room, like we said... The statue's back there. Maybe it never left. Vink mocks them and says he's going to be in business making soup a long time. Which proves that you can extract multiple times from the same people. But do you think their greatest fear is that they cannot face their fear? And so this whole thing was like a dream within a dream to break them down and make them each think that they'd face their fears and realize that they were powerless? This suggests that what you feared is fear itself. This is very wise. So yeah, I, I would like to hear your best take at trying to unravel the, the box within a box they found themselves in. I think that uh, anything goes when you're dealing with a fear demon and Dr. Fink. Who himself is something of a fear demon. Do you think they ever escaped? Do you think the fear demon ever escaped? Or was that all just an illusion in their mind created by the statue? I think your theory holds water, much like a soup. But they work really hard to establish that you can't open the door prematurely. And also, they cut out of Reed's first fearing, fear juicing, to go and have Dr. Vink watch the juice pour into the little vial. Maybe... He realized because Reed was such a tough nut to crack and the fear juice he was extracting was so exquisite that he needed to break Reed out of his individual fear and get him to that vulnerable emotional spot where he could fear for Nev Campbell and then torture them both. Anything goes when you're dealing with a fear demon. It knows what scares you. <laughs> Let's get into some ratings and reviews. Body count for monsters, two. Body count for danger soup, zero. Scare factor for monsters, I'd say Midland. The statue of Masao was incredibly impressive. That makeup was really good. Very much so, yeah. When it started coming to life, uh, its eyes were yeah. so nasty. They were like rotten eggs. You're right. They were, they were death eyes. Really, 
really foul. Uh, scare factor for Danger Soup. I mean, it was, oh man, it, it's hard to say because kids show, but I think it was well scary. Like there did seem to be genuine danger involved. We start with a snake, which is eh, decently scary, I guess. And then we have the swinging axe blade pit in the pendulum scene, which is pretty intense. But I was thinking about kids watching this and when they have that coffin appear, mm. like, oh, ooh, that's kind of intense. They went there. And later the coffin opens and his uncle comes out and is like trying to strangle him like i seem to remember pretty being pretty gnarly. freaked out by that so i'd say scare factor high gross factor for monsters i'd say low to medium yeah you know masao was pretty gross there was a, a bit of grossness when the lady first began dissolving but then she just very quickly turned to like solid sand so yeah it wasn't too gross but Gross factor in Tell the Dangerous Soup. Close-up mouth, eating green soup. Dr. Vink, all mustard covered. Severed Close pig's up heads. Vink's teeth. What the factor for monsters? Now, this was my second viewing, so <laughs> I, I, I knew where this was going, but what did you think on first blush? I was surprised when it turned out that the statue was desiccating the items. I think it was surprising that the... Tom or whatever his name was was so cavalier and upfront about how badly he was ripping everyone off and then how evil he was about wanting to go back and destroy their entire society <laughs> not a lot of what the factor you know pre pretty obvious mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially like I said the statue of Masao for for all its craft and artistry very much looked like a little person in monster makeup. Oh, yeah. What the factor for Tale of the Danger Soup? Pretty high. Pretty high, although when you introduce a statue that can manifest people's fears, I guess, again, anything goes. If it were just that, it might have a lower what the factor, but because it's a Vink episode, it's not just enough that you have a magic statue that makes people's fear become illusions it also extracts fear juice from them which vink was then selling as soup huh. to make a profit and it also transmits thoughts into vink's head and it also causes amnesia and it also maybe escaped and they beat it but then phantasm style they thought it was only a dream and the tall man showed up and said no it's not and it turns out they never escaped the nightmare uh so what the factor Hi. All right. I want you to be honest. Vink factor for monsters. How'd the old lady do? Uh, the old lady was sufficiently ranty, but not very gross. She didn't have a hint of mustard anywhere on her person. She didn't seem to be that mustardy. But she did right. have that wild gray hair. And, and I mean, she carried a death god on a leash, like a functioning death god. So I think factor pretty high for the old lady. I, I'm going to definitely give you that one all right vink factor for dr vink highest yet well actually maybe piano lessons are murder he was a little <laughs> ironically a little here. as dr shriek yeah actually okay uh totally 80s for monsters i'd say pretty high you've got relic hunting which was like just a staple after indiana jones like Man. it was all about just relic hunting for these and... 80s factors every turn you don't remember what it was like. Okay, hella 90s for Tale of the Danger Soup. I mean, it's got Nev Campbell. It's got Nev Campbell. That's about it. That's strong. Yep. Lesson learned. Well, 
In monsters, you know the importance of moisturizing. Not even moisturizing could save her, though. If Tom had listened to Vanessa and they had left that night, if they'd taken Masao with them, I think they still would have gotten dust. Oh, yeah. No, they were doomed. It's like the lesson, the genuine lesson is don't be like a greedy so-and-so. Yeah, it's not very fun, though. Well, but that's okay. If if the episode genuinely was trying to teach you something, like, because this episode I, I had... I, I mean... The, the yeah. episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark had a genuine moral like they sometimes do, but we've run up what against... Was, what was the moral of well, Danger it was Soup? Face your fears. But you know? facing your fears turned out to be bullshit because they were still it's held under the sway of the evil statue in Dr. Vink. Maybe it was face your fears to the best of your abilities. The lesson was one taste. To educate the palate. So Ryan, what scares you? And I don't I don't want to hear anything existential. Thank goodness. If you were locked in that chair and faced with Dr. Vink's magic statue, what would it know? What would it manifest? What scares you? I know but there's plenty. Here's like, the I'm thing. not a brave person. I, I feel like with phobias and stuff, you're exposed early. On the one hand, I think being traumatized by something early, your early fear becomes a source of fascination later. Yeah. But with certain like phobias when it comes to like snakes and bugs... I feel like when you're really little, if you get scared by something like that, then it kind of sticks. So the, the example I use is that we had tons of spiders growing up. We were all afraid of spiders. And to this day, many of my family members are still afraid of spiders. Whereas my wife never really had to deal with spiders and they don't really bother her you know that much but she had uh cockroaches mm. around and so those totally freak her out whereas i have, didn't really see cockroaches until i was like in college yeah and i was like oh man those things are awesome they're like weird little robots with like little wiry antennae Ugh, not when they're in your kitchen i'm here to tell you i mean you know obviously you don't want bugs in your kitchen but like they don't scare me at all. Silverfish don't scare me. Snakes don't really bother me because mm. I didn't grow up with any of that stuff around. Could be like a giant wasp or swarm or something, but Ooh. I'm not necessarily scared of those either. You know, it would be interesting if someone locked me in a room with a fear statue and said it knows what scares you. It, it would probably be something that some people would be like, sign me up. I want to know what scares me. I want to see what this thing manifests. If you could say this is this is a fear that is holding you back from it what you want be in very relationships and career and stuff, I think it'd be very therapeutic. Well, that's too existential, though. In the episode, Reed is confronted with the memory of his abusive uncle who died under mysterious circumstances. That is a little more abstract and existential. You know, it's mm. not a snake. It's not it an is. axe. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess I guess the fear statue will go there if it's cinematic. So just have cinematic fears, people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, worlds collide. Masao, god of death, versus Doctor Vink and the fear statue. Who wins? I think we can both agree that Masao would dry up the fear juice and the soup just because they're liquids, right? Oh yeah, sure. And the bowl, and the spoon, and the stove. Furthermore, Dr. Vink is using the statue for evil purposes, for greed. Mm -hmm. He's profiting off of it. And Masao hates that. 
And so Masao would turn the fear statue into dust, and he'd also turn Dr. Vink into a statue, which is fine. He's a ghost. It doesn't matter. So I think it's a stalemate between Masao and Vink, but Vink would lose a lot in the in the offing. Yeah, well, the, or the Masao would turn Dr. Vink into dust, and then the statue, the fear god, would just escape and run amok on the rest if of the world. If that's what it does. Correct. Either way, the the wild boar is, is, is done for. Oh, yeah. I mean, the wild boar probably can't last that much longer anyway, you know. Reed's going to escape eventually, and he's going to go back one day later, and the wild boar's going to be a bunch of weeds in the ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can kill Vink uh, with conventional means. He's more ghost than man. He's a product of dark science. Perhaps we're, this is all in his movie. Exactly. Perhaps we all are. So who wins? Input up your spooks. Tell the dangerous soup all day. It was a super spooky episode. Delicious. One taste to educate the palate. Try to sneak another, and I guarantee you'll regret it. Ryan, come here. I, I want you to try the soup. Does this taste okay to you? Need, it needs a little something, right? Mm. COVID. Trump. It's getting there. Alzheimer's. Oh, that's the stuff. Can I have another taste? But of course, educate your palate. Economic collapse. Mass extinction. I'm feeling the rage of pure fear. Rerun for your lives. <laughs> <laughs>